E-77 and Elizabeth have been abducted and brought to a strange new city that is filled with Amazonian women with advanced armor. Skulls and bones are scattered throughout the city, and skinless corpses are hung above the streets. Kenra, their leader, begins to speak. We have captured outsiders from the depths of the Forsaken, one of which is a foul metal beast, man's worst creation. E-77 and Elizabeth are brought to the stage. Both have their heads concealed. Kenra removes the bags from their heads. Now let us reveal its true face! One of the Amazons takes out a strange device and presses a button. This causes E-77's skin to melt, and his skeletal robotic visage is revealed. Elizabeth is horrified by his intimidating appearance. Kenra is revolted. The Abomination will be caged and executed in the arena, and its victim shall be brought to our historian sister, so we shall learn about her primitive ways and strange customs. E-77 and Elizabeth are separated and taken to different directions. E-77 is thrown into a large cage filled with male prisoners. He stands in front of a strange ghoulish humanoid wolf creature wearing what seems to be a coat made of human skin and animal fur. The wolf beast begins to speak. You're not human. I could say the same about you. What are you anyways? I am Lacan of Theranthropia. My ancestors were humans who were genetically modified with the blood of beasts. I guess anything is possible out here. My name is E-77. I'm from Sanatorian. Recent events have caused this forcification. What's the deal with them? I'm not even human, but they treat me like a threat. You wear the face of men. Therefore, you are their sworn enemy. Well, that's hypocritical, considering some of them look pretty manly to me. (laughs) Humor in the face of death shows courage and strength. I enjoy your company, friend. I do hope you don't end up like Achilles. Who's Achilles? The man-wolf takes out a severed head from a leather bag and tosses it to E-77. Achilles the Slayer, a true friend, and a great warrior. E-77 holds up the severed head and examines it. Do you always keep the heads of your friends? Once I return home, I will feast on his mind, thus gaining his wisdom and knowledge. Sounds like a loving jester. I've never been interested in culture. Figure that's for the living, and I'm not even sure if I'm alive. E-77 tosses the severed head back to the man-wolf. All things carry a scent. I can tell from yours, you're a creature of metal. You may not sleep, breathe, or eat, but you think, speak, and fight. These are the things that prove you are alive. I doubt metal has a smell. But I appreciate your wisdom and advice. The battle will begin soon. Let the hunt bring forth the warrior's meal. Let your claws draw the blood of life. And if you shall be released from the world, let your spirit live on in the hearts of your loved ones. Yeah, same to you. Meanwhile, in a temple within the same city, Elizabeth is taken to meet the historian, an Amazon with an obsession for knowledge. The historian begins to speak to Elizabeth. 
Men and their machines, always trying to tear us down. Women can't be controlled. We are the spirit of freedom, wisdom, and strength. What about mercy? Mercy? Show mercy to a lion, and he'll claw out your spine the moment you turn around. You need not worry. You're free from your capturer now. He saved my life. I chose to go with him. Just let us go. Both of us. We were just trying to survive the outer. We mean you no harm. The Forbidden is no place for a woman who feels like she needs the help of machine men to survive. Saved you? Saved you? You should not need saving. If you were one of mine, I would have had you beheaded and fed your corpse to the dogs. You may wear the skin of a woman, but you do not have the strength nor our pride. You shall see your savior perish in combat, and afterwards, you will be publicly executed. A few hours later, a large crowd gathers in the seat of the arena. Sitting on her throne is Kenra, and near her is the historian, with Elizabeth next to her in chains. Above the crowd is the speaker, who is the announcer of the gruesome events that are about to take place. The speaker grabs a male prisoner, cuts off his tongue, and decapitates his head. The blood flows from his neck and into the audience. The women cheer, and the speaker begins to welcome the crowd. Blood, glory, and honor. In pain, we find truth. In battle, we find meaning. These men dare insult our ways. Today, they will battle and they will suffer. The prisoners line up in the arena waiting to be chosen. What's the point of all this? They have to keep their prison population low, and this entertains them. There's women and children in the crowds, but no men. Who are the fathers? The blood of the prisoners are used to grow genetic offspring that are mixed with the DNA of the Amazons. So far, I've sired seven daughters. And sons? The Amazons execute all male offspring. You even get to see your daughters. Raise them, be a part of their lives. Their mothers take care of them, and teach them how to hunt and survive. My place is in a cage, as a trophy, as a prisoner. Sounds horrible. Don't you miss being free? I do, and Achilles' face is starting to attract worms. If we survive the arena today, we'll escape. For our first battle, we have the sire of werebeasts, the fearsome and grotesque Lycaon. Finally, a battle. Good luck. Don't die. Let my victories be filled with bloodshed, and let my death be honorable. Lycaon grabs a battle axe from the weapon rack and walks to the center of the arena. He breaks the axe and tosses it to the ground. Fight! 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 
The man-beast chooses to fight without a weapon. A brave yet foolish decision. Lycaon begins to claw out his own face. A snout begins to emerge from his skull and he starts to turn into a gigantic humanoid wolf creature with long fangs, pointed ears, and a long snout. A large lion is released from the gates. Let us see whose claws are the most deadly. charges at Lycaon and begins to bite his shoulder. Lycaon lets out a growl and begins to claw out the lion's eyes out of his sockets. The lion then tries to bite Lycaon's neck, but the wolf beast grabs the lion's jaw and breaks it. Thus, causing the lion to crash into the ground and succumb to the injuries. Lycaon! The man-beast has vanquished his prey! Our next combatant is a machine who chooses the face of a man. From the depths of the Forbidden, I give you the horrific Metal Beast! E-77 is released into the arena as Lycaon joins the other prisoners. Nice work, Lycaon. Enjoy the battle, friend. E-77 notices that the weapons rack is removed. A large cybernetic ape crashes through the gates into the arena. I'm really sick of this place. The ape picks up E-77 and throws him into the wall. Elizabeth watches in horror. E-77 stands up and speaks to the audience. Metal Beast, huh? Don't even care about my name. You want a freak? You want a monster? Fine! I'll be your nightmare. E-77's skin begins to melt. He changes into a tall, slim, horrifying metallic creature with blades attached to his wrists. His visage changes into a metal skull with red glowing eyes and sharp fangs. E-77 dodges his enemy's attack. He slides on the ground and slices the ape's ankle. The creature falls to the ground, and E-77 cuts off the ape's head. The Metal Beast has vanquished his prey! E-77 turns back into his usual form and joins Lycaon at the prison. Impressive. We need to get out of here. Don't you want to chew on your friend's decapitated head before his face rots off? I agree. Being a prisoner no longer amuses me. E-77 and Lycaon use their combined strength to break out of the cage. They begin to free the other prisoners and slaughter the guards. E-77 and his group of rebels escape to the main streets of the city, slaughtering their oppressors. <laughs> 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 
Lycaon sees Kenra and brushes on all fours towards his target. She slices his ear, but it begins to heal. You foul beast. You need to know your place. My place is back home, and I'm taking my daughters with me. They won't go with you. They know better. They need no father. Perhaps you could try to track your sons. You murdered them. No. They're very much alive. I wouldn't waste such potential. I sold them to city nations that wanted beasts, just like their father. They were never meant to be free. Lycaon claws out one of Kenra's eyes and slams her head against the wall. The speaker rushes towards E-77. He shoots spikes at her, but she blocks them with her shield. You may be skilled enough to face a mindless beast, but you can't face a true threat. Thankfully, you're no threat. E-77 breaks the speaker's shield and grabs her head and begins to slowly squeeze her skull. You are just like the men that created you. Men, women, you humans are all the same. You create a society that feeds on the suffering of others. You are a disease. I'm the cure. E-77 lets go of the speaker and knocks her unconscious. I am not human, but perhaps I can be something better. E-77 approaches Lycaon. This is where we'll part ways. Thank you, Lycaon, for everything. Perhaps our paths will cross again someday. If you ever need me, you can find me in Therinthropia, the land of werebeasts, at the large mountain in the shape of a wolf. I appreciate it. Good luck. E-77 arrives at the Historian Temple and sees Elizabeth in chains. E-77 quickly breaks Elizabeth free. Come on, we have to get out of here. No, wait, I need answers. I guess you missed the part about the bloodthirsty Amazons who are trying to kill us. We don't have time. I'm not going anywhere unless you give me a good reason on why I should trust you. I don't even know what you are. I know Afterlife makes AI programs and robotic butlers, but I've never seen anything like you before. You look human. You even seem alive. I might be. I'm not sure if I would be considered alive. I'm not even sure if I'd be considered a person. But you can trust me. I don't know your name. I don't know who you are. For all I know, you could be an assassination robot created by Afterlife, sent to kill me. That was my mission. I was made by Afterlife, but I abandoned them to save you. My name is E-77. I am one of many assassination androids with advanced AI, duplicated from a human donor. Duplicated? It's the reason why I have advanced communication skills. AI made from scratch cannot recognize targets. If they wear a hat or grow a beard, they are unable to go off script and have complex conversations. In order to create the perfect android assassin, Black Blade needed them to be able to think and act like people. The only way he can do that is by duplicating a human mind. That sounds insane, but explains the abductions. How does he keep them in control? He erases our memories, but fragments always remain. I began to remember the memories of a life I never lived. The memories of your father. No, that doesn't make any sense. 
I remember. I remember you would prefer to play with race cars instead of dolls. I remember when you lost your first tooth by running straight into a door because you were scared of a spider. I remember when you were four. You used to have hour-long conversations with your own shadow. I remember your mother and how you would spend all night by her side when she got sick. I remember all these things, but I'm not your father. I'm just his ghost. I'm not organic. I'm not human. I'm just a machine. Built to kill. So that's why they had you there. They wanted to see if you could kill me as a test. Tell me, is my, is my real father alive? I honestly don't know what they did with him. But I promise you, when I go after Blackblade, I will find out. And if your father is alive, I will bring him back to you. Thank you. We should go before they catch us again. The dome around the city begins to vanish, allowing E-77 and Elizabeth to escape into the outer. A horde of Amazons begins to chase them. A mysterious vehicle cuts in front of our protagonists, and the driver begins to speak. If you want to live, get in! <laughs>